Taste and see the Lord is good. Drink from the cup of his forgiveness. Never mind where you have been before. And we're back. Welcome to the Deacon's Roundtable. I'm here with Deacon Michael Landi, who has not been in the studio for, I think, November of 2019 was the last time you were in. That's right. Here, that's right. right. And uh, Deacon Dave Vegan calling from calling in with us uh, from uh, the Diocese of Knoxville. And I'm Deacon Greg Webster from St. Raphael the Archangel uh, Catholic Church and welcoming you to a, another episode of the Deacon's Roundtable where we're continuing our discussions with the Catholic Catechism as we talked about last month that uh, we're using the Our Sunday Visitor Guide, a year at the Catechism, to continue talking about the catechism because it's such such a great need in the church and uh, especially for me who uh, played too many games during catechism and stuff like that as a little kid so we need we need to to uh, be able to talk about our faith as, a, as I tell my students in the University of Mary that a faith you can't question isn't much of a faith so we need to not only question but we need to inform our conscience and get the answers and there's no better way of doing it than with the catechism of the Catholic Church so uh, Mike, welcome back. Thank you. Mike, this is a radio show. One-word answers are not <laughs> acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm doing this the first time. I forgot what we did before, so <laughs> let me know what to do. Well, today we're starting uh, right around Catechism 39 or so if, in, in, our, in our Catechism books, where we start talking about, well, we talked about God and natural law and things like this, but this is... Uh, this kind of changes it around a little bit. Uh, it's about us speaking to God, and and the whole notion of, of uh, that we can speak to God. Dave, you got to start start us off with any uh, ideas. Um, the only thing that uh, dealing with the speaking of God, probably the more important thing is that I always go back to Carl Rahner and just saying that you know mystery, that is the key word, and as much as we know there's always more to it so we're limited with our knowledge with our language we're limited to our humanness to be able to describe and speak to god as having a full encompassment but at the same time god is love and speaking to a friend you can do it in a very loving way and that is a way a big prayer even no matter what you do, you'll never come to the fullness of understanding or, on the revelation of what God is. Is there a difference between speaking to God and prayer? Uh, that's a great question. For me, no, there isn't. Yeah, that's what I was kind of when I was looking at this section about speaking to God. But uh, you know, I we so often try to tell people that. Uh, you know, we can say things to God. We can yell at God. We can have conversations with God. And people like looking at us like, uh, uh, what are you talking about? It's like, of course. I yeah. mean, if you want to have a relationship. Yeah, God, there's a person. You yes. got to talk to somebody, right? You, yeah. you, uh, a lot of marriages go sterile because people aren't talking to anyone. You know, a problem in our government. People aren't talking to each other, right? So there's no relationship. Yeah. So if you want a relationship with God, you got to talk. And the important thing is, is, is uh, like most of us men need to learn, is that uh, part of the conversation is shutting up and listening. I think that's the challenging part. What I find yeah, interesting is when we speak about God, 
that, that, that seems not to be very easy nowadays. It's easy when we speak ourselves to God, but when we talk about God with other people, then it doesn't. That seems to be a challenge every time. But aren't we are we pretty good about talking about God in in the third person, so that it kind of keeps our we keep our distance? You know, if, if we're talking about the the faith, the rules, the church stuff. Mm-hmm. We need to bring it back. It's out there, and, and you mm-hmm. people on the radio can't see me waving my hand in front of the microphone. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we almost put a, a little distance between that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, the intention of speaking to God is, is, to, is to bring that distance closer, right? To have a—you can't—a relationship isn't pushing someone away. It's bringing somebody in. And, uh, I, and I think— our our uh, Protestant brothers and sisters are probably a little better than that uh, w- than we are in talking about it for sure about our relationship with God. Now I don't want Jesus to be my buddy; he's my God; he's the Christ. But still, we should have a conversation with him. And in fact, going from uh, I think one of the great things that Ignatius brings to us is that you know, rote prayer is great, conversation is probably better, and we should be doing both. Well, uh, I would, a couple of things. Uh, when you said that, you know, God is not your buddy. To me, God is my buddy. It's someone who I can talk to on and it's a personal basis. And that I acknowledge the greatness beyond me, but at the same time, it's someone who I can call up, email, yell at, you know, question at any time. Uh, but I, I think that's as much as we're dealing with that um i think that's not the point of you know what they were talking about of us how we speak about god right is i think the major point that they're trying to bring out on the catechism is that you're limited with your human ability because god is always greater no that's true our, you know we're as, always limited as a christian i can accept that i have no issues with it what I struggled when reading that is how do I how do I proclaim that in a a secular 2021 science rules everything if it was type of world I mean I certainly accept it and I read it but my 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 focus is different uh, my point my center point is different so <coughs> excuse me from my uh, my atheist friends you know that is like what do you mean you can't you know I can't experience it, so but of course you can't experience God. God is too, too big for us to to experience. But how do I how do I sell that today? Oh, well, one of the things that I tend to use with uh, approaching that is getting people to agree that okay, God is love, and then going um, say through okay your your life's journey. Um, you know, when you were in the process of uh, finding your spouse and had all of this history of love with your parents and family, if I asked you for the definition of love, you could have given me a very good definition, and you would say that, okay, I know love. And then it said that if you were blessed to have a child, but the first time you looked in that child's eye, you then began to realize that there's a whole nother level of love that you were clueless about, that you experienced. 
So if you know nothing about, if there was this whole other world that you had knew nothing about, yet experienced, how much more about the subject of love is there that you don't know anything about, and that your eyes have to be opened and willing to it? And that's how I explain what God is, that God is that love. And so you have to explore more and more because you realize that you you now have got to the stage where you know that you don't know, whereas before you didn't know that you didn't know. And so it's then this lifelong journey of finding this love. And we believe that the ultimate of love is your relationship with God. I like your analogy because I was thinking that I don't think you can put love into words. And so if you can't put love into words, how do you put God into words, right? So The way I do that is I, I share my experience, my own experience with uh, Jesus, my own experience, my, my own experience with uh, my relationship with the Lord. And that's how I speak about Him. Um, things that happened in my life, things when I needed Him and He intervened, things when I'm doing my discernment and He helped me with, with an answer. Those are the moments when I feel God is a person, God is real. And in prayer groups or in discussion groups, I share what my experiences are with Him. And to me, those are instances where there is love or it's like talking about your spouse to somebody else. You're so happy about your spouse. You're telling stories about what you did together or what wonderful things happened. When you read these part of this catechism we're, we're talking about, uh, 39 through 43, um, when you read God, did Jesus come to mind or God the Father? You're asking me? Yeah. Jesus. Interesting. I was with God the Father. I mean, certainly, there, God is. God is yeah. Father. God is the Son. God is the Spirit. We're not... Yeah. We're not we're not going into that area right now by any means, but isn't that, I think that's almost kind of the problem I have sometimes with with the Catholicism is that we get so wrapped up on Jesus being Son that sometimes we demote him a little bit, right? So that when we're talking about the Creator God, we, we tend to lose Jesus, or if we're and we're in the Old Testament, God is the Word, the Word of God is Jesus. We don't think about Jesus in the Old Testament. We only we confine him to the New Testament oftentimes. And, and, and I think in some of our Catholic speak, or am I off on my own tangent here? Because I, I think that's, I mean, when I read this section, I, uh, certainly I, I think of God, the creator, bigger and everything. And Jesus is no. our face, but I don't think of Jesus when I did that. I'm wrong, but I, that's, that's, I think that's one of our uh, disconnects in our church. Maybe maybe I'm not as educated as you are, but when when I pray, whatever image comes to my mind when I pray the Our Father, then I'm praying to God the Father. And when I get to the portion where there is about Jesus, then I think in terms of Jesus or the Holy Spirit. I I don't think in terms of Old Testament, New Testament. I just think of of God as having. Right. All these different well, roles. What I'm saying is I don't think that's the average thought in the pew. You, you agree with that, Dave, or am I off on a tangent uh, here? Well, I, I was just re-looking at it as you were talking, and 
looking at it, yes, I also saw it as God the Father. But I have sort of a tough time relating to that in a way because I guess the way how I've developed my image of Jesus as a man, and I don't have an image of God the Father. I. But didn't Jesus say he is the image of God the Father for us? But, <laughs> yes and no, but I'm, I'm like the, the spirit of um, that is something of the image of a dove. But I, the spirit of having this all-encompassing arm wrapped around you, or wings wrapped around you, or to be enveloped with this spirit that's something i can appreciate and i can appreciate a man who was trying to teach me about his father so could, but, our, you know, could our issue be but, that we're, we're limiting we're, we're looking at jesus the man and we should be looking at the christ i think that's actually not a bad approach you're right. That'd be one way to do it, um, but I look at it as both. He was the man and the Christ, but I can picture him in my mind as as somebody walking down the path of the journey with me, and being a little spiritual director of walking that path with me, saying, "Okay, what haven't you explored? Where you know where are you going with this?" And how are you making my name better by this action? So I, I just, it's just, I guess, where I am theologically or understanding at this point in time in my life. I don't know if that helps or not. But. Well, I, I, you know, it's one of those great things in our faith where it's like, you know, that's something I should chew on for a while. You know, it. I guess as a scientist, Dave, and Dave, of course, is a scientist as well, that we, we want that instant answer. And and there's no need for that instant answer. One, because God's too big to get that answer. But it's something that we should dwell on the mystery. And and, and part of that is, is part of our faith, part of our thinking, and it's part of our rising from religious ed, catechism, to adulthood, is that we should be thinking about these things in an informing conscious kind of way but but I think so many of us don't think about this that we kind of lose it in our day right so so we don't think about this so again our faith is becoming out there as I'm re- reaching out across from the microphone it, it's feet so it, it's away from us it's not interior to us because we don't uh-huh. spend time thinking about these things and of course we could say how many men speak about time, you know, take time to speak about love or think about love, or, but you know, at our age, we're we're constantly thinking about careers and and ending careers and moving on. We th- we spend so many times. We do spend a lot more time. Maybe that's our midlife crisis as men start thinking. But the <laughs> the <clears throat> you know even even in this fundamental concept here of God being too big, I think we accept it on on face value without thinking about it. And it's a wonderful thing to think about if you spend some time with it. Well, one of the things that I've been, last week in particular, I was doing a lot of communion services because of a uh, convocation of the priests. And it's something that we hear every single time we go to Mass, but how much have we really 
comprehended, like the opening greeting. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and communion with the Holy Spirit be with you. And I was actually even thinking about that, uh, probably more so that I wouldn't mess up the lines, but when you you put that into perspective, yeah. I mean, that that one sentence says a lot of what it is, of what that grace that Jesus gave us, the love of God the Father and the communion of the Spirit. So, but how? But I mean, we've been we've been hearing these words since adolescence for many of us. Uh, RCIA people much better prepared because they start they started thinking about it later in life. But you know, maybe, maybe that's one of the challenges that we all have, and that's why the catechism is so important because. We accept these things on face value. So for some of us, and I'm including myself in this, I'm using we, um, some of these things only went skin deep. And, and, and that's why it's so, it, we, the, in our society right now, it, we're having so many issues, be, even with Catholics, because we didn't take the time to, to let the seed grow in us you know, we, we hit it as kids, and we take this face value. So, But, I mean, just from a, a God being bigger and everything is is wonderful. It's phenomenal. It's a cool idea that, you know, it's the idea that, you know, our mind isn't big enough to grasp it. You know, we think we know everything, but there's so much we don't know. And, of course, we turn on the TV. We're experts on everything, right? But, but in reality is, and, of course, going back to, to Dave being a biologist and me being a chemist, there's a lot we don't know yet. <laughs> and there's a, you know, we, we will, we won't ever get to the point where we know everything because we're burning up the earth, the earth too fast. But the, uh, you know, it, it's just such a phenomenal idea of, you know, it's back to the, the Augustine, we're filling up the hole, you know, that there's too much there for, for doing that. And, and that's really a great place to start because it's, it's as in so many things in ministry it's it's a humility you know can we accept that i don't know everything or can i accept that that god is so much bigger than me how do you accept that when the center of the universe is me and i think that's because that's where we're at in society right now right everything's about me everything's the center of the world and and well for some parts of society you're right but there's an awful lot of people who reject that and that's the point of this this catechism. It's like, like true humility isn't thinking less of yourself; it's thinking of yourself less. And that's where that's the beginning of the understanding of developing that relationship with God. And I think our faith is very much related to our image of God, and they 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 are just like two sides of a coin. We see God in a certain way, whatever that way is, and that's the basis of our faith. Yeah. And then that becomes the basis of our action. So if we see God only as a Father, not as a Savior, not as the Holy Spirit, and I have always problem with seeing the Lord as Holy Spirit, okay? It tells me I need, I need to reflect more on this image of God and begin to understand it more. Although I know I'll never get to it, but yeah. the awareness of that may make my faith deeper. Right. 
But I think that's, I mean, to me, this is coming from uh, a class I'm teaching at the University of Mary right now, and and we're talking about bioethics and how to explain Catholic bioethics in a secular world and and things like that. And and that's where I'm thinking is, whereas I'm embracing it's a mystery, I'm okay with a mystery. I love that it's a mystery. I Mm -hmm. like reading mysteries. We're in a time in our lives, or uh, history, where I think we need to find a better way of, of taking that because that message isn't getting, I don't see the message getting accepted as much as, as it did decades ago. Well, either that or read Carl Rahner and then just say, <laughs> just I'm trying to understand him as a mystery. Um, but Rahner's Ron, written in, G- in German, even in English translation. I mean, that's just uh, Rahner's intense. Leave it alone. <laughs> but, I remember one of my old professors, um, for his uh, finishing up his degree, his thesis was God is not an alcoholic father. And I think that's also one of the problems that a lot of people have is that depending what the relationship was with their father, that they have a tough time understanding and accepting all of these different images and understanding of who and what God is. And that's something else you have to throw in there in the mix, just something to be aware of as we're approaching it, but in dealing with, you were talking about society and not acceptance. That's, that I think is a major part of that. So, I mean, it's just sort of the other things that, um, I mean, we're still dealing with the same questions I've been dealing with for ages. You know, how can this evil take place? You know, if God knows everything and, and is all love, I mean, is you know, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? I mean, these are the questions that have been asked for millennia. And and that's so, the uh, chapter of free will, which we haven't gotten to. So, <laughs> but, oh no, but, but I mean, but, but, that's, but, like, but again, but you're getting to the point that people don't. Yeah. You said people don't yeah. don't appreciate it. Yeah, depending on the concept of the person. God is a punisher, then if he sees God that way, then he'll feel like he's punished uh, for whatever happens in his life. Right. Well, I keep thinking of the, the Myers-Briggs, right? You know, um, mm. I yes. got I got to deliver that message in a way in which they want to hear it. And, 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 and I think that's, that's, you know, and I think that's what Francis says a lot when he, when he says, you know, smell like the sheep and be pastoral, is that, that we have to, to uh, work a little harder in... in, in our half of the conversation it's not that father says it's the teaching is this and explaining the teaching and stuff like that but we're coming up on a break here on the deacons Ra- deacons roundtable thank you for joining us on wsfi 88.5 on your fm dial and wsfi catholic radio on the internet we'll be back shortly is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. 
Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MAT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. And we're back in the Deacon's Roundtable. Joining us on FM 88.5, I have Deacon Dave Egan and Deacon Michael Andy, and we're talking about the catechism. We're, we're, we've actually, after a couple of years, finally decided to learn how to do a roundtable and actually have a conversation. It's been a lot of fun. I hope you're enjoying our conversations and just listening to some of the radio stations here and the commercials. And, and I have Angela Tomlinson here, and, and her husband just talked about tell, her, tell him your dreams. Have you told him your dreams, Angela? <laughs> yes. I have. Uh, okay. have you told? Yeah. Do I tell Tammy my dreams? Um, uh, I don't want to scare her. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I tell my wife. Tammy my dreams. is my dream. How's that? <laughs> so, so, but uh, no, we are blessed. Um, we're talking about the catechism. We were talking about God is bigger than the boogeyman. For those who like uh, Veggie Tales, one of my favorite shows. But one of the coolest thing about this big 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 god is that he wants us to know him wants us to know her wants us to pick your pronouns 2021 the uh isn't that kind of cool that we have a all omnipotent super big being that we can't understand and he wants us to know him that's kind of cool what do you think mike that's cool he introduces himself he tells us about himself right from the very beginning as we can see in scripture and then more so in when he sends his son. Okay. And the story continues. And if you look at uh, Scripture, it's all about the story of getting to know God, God introducing himself into the life of people. And I think we'll get into covenants later on. But, you know, we have, so, we, we have the quote here, Dave. Revelation exists because of God's free and loving decision to give himself to us. Introducing us to his mystery. What do you think? Sounds good on my end. And the other thing <laughs> was that what an introduction segment about talking for Maya's brig and the methods uh, to deliver that message. You know, so we have uh, the loving goodness about scripture, the prophets, uh, creation. We have all of these different ways that God is trying to to deal with that. Like revelation, it's just and so. God is reaching out to us for letting us to get to know him. Now the question is, are we going to do that? I was going to say, why don't we, Dave? Why don't we take the time to get to know him? Prioritization, probably. I mean, I just even with people who are very, very committed. Um, I think Mike should be committed, but that's a different story. <laughs> well, but, I mean, do you... There are days, for example, that, um, oh, yeah, I'll get my morning prayer. I'll get my morning prayer done. And it doesn't happen. Um, one of the great things that I get to do now is do uh, walking every day. And one of the benefits of that, I actually just use my fingers mm -hmm. to go through decades upon decades of the rosary. Um, I mean, but there, if, especially if we have somebody who has young children of, uh, you know, the time, things on within your life 
seem to get in the way of what you should be doing. You know, using Paul's example, it's I do the evil that I don't want to do, not the good that I should mm-hmm. do. Um, there's also something else that someone told me who has uh, since passed away, a priest, and he said that, you know, it's really important that you pray when you're well because you can't pray when you're sick. And that was, it was, that was his insight as to when he was uh, dealing with lung cancer at the time, and uh, he was too sick to pray. He was his, at that point, he was probably just trying to survive. And so it, it, Certainly it's in the later stages. Ages. I'm sorry, I, I, I overstated, I missed what you said. I said certainly in the later stages, I think in the early stages, we pray like we've never prayed before. <laughs> oh, well, he yeah. was hospitalized at the time that he said that. Yeah. So, but, um, no, but that is, there's actually someone else I know that was uh, was asked that question. It was a deacon's wife. And the pastor at the time asked her, um, did she, did he, did she find herself praying more? And she said, "No, not really, but my prayers are different. They're more intense. They're they're more heartfelt. They're not just the rote prayers." You know, I I totally agree with that because you know years ago, hopefully past tense, you know, with with some melanoma issues, I, my prayer went from rote and why me and all that stuff you stages you go to to. God help me understand. You know, yep. help me help me see Your will in this, and, and that that that's definitely you definitely have that change, and as you if if you have the ability to mature with the disease, you know, which which I think we do, but it takes each of us different stages for doing it, and I certainly didn't do it on day one, two, three, or four hundred and seventy, but the. Uh, um, I, I totally agree that that it's uh, that there is an awakening point where you almost an acceptance and say, "Okay, God, where are we going?" Yeah, no, that that is um, like one of the big questions everyone sort of asks: why? And I mean, just with anything in life, not just you know diseases, but ask why. And sometimes there's not an answer. There's a, there's an answer that satisfies us, and you have to accept that uh, yeah. that there's a plan that you're just not aware of. Doing that, but you said God is always. I mean, like you know, one of the things that uh, even like sort of looks like Job and all the hard things that he'd go through, and Job asked the question of like, why? And you know, God says, "Well, were you there from the beginning of creation? Did you have this? Did you know?" It's basically saying, "Are you God?" And Joseph says, "No." And I think that's sort of the the probably the big realization that uh, we're going through with some of that stuff is having to realize that we aren't God and we aren't the son of the universe. We're just a servant. One one of the things I noticed in my life, anyway, is I always have time when I'm in trouble. I always have time to pray when I'm in trouble, when I'm sick, when I need help, when I am facing an obstacle. Suddenly there is time to pray. That's one experience in my life. And then later the development is 
uh, and this is true when I learned meditation and contemplation, is just to sit with and imagine the presence of God, okay, the presence of Jesus, and not say much, not think much, but just be with him. I learned that. To me, that was a that was an achievement. Even if I can hold that for a few seconds, okay, in my prayer, to me that was an achievement. Well, that's that's the the joy of praying without talking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is yeah, no, you're right. Which which is hard for us guys to do. Hard for us to be husbands without talking. But the <laughs> the uh, which is interesting because I've said several times on this on the, over the years in the show that that I have the the bravery in my Outlook calendar. Hey, Greg, do morning prayer. Hey, Greg, it's time for daytime mm-hmm. prayer. Hey, Greg, it's evening prayer. And I'm not going to say I do it exactly when it is. I, I'm one of those it's morning somewhere guys because <laughs> life gets into it. And, and I, I, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, I don't think that's evil. I think that's trying to deal with the world that we're living in today. And I think that, that when you do the tricks, that's good. But how, do we, how often do we stop to do the tricks? You know, I mean, God wants to reveal himself to us, but, you know, in the, in the gospel, they, they didn't believe, you know, the, the, the rich man sent his son, he sent his slave, he sent his other, you know, sent the first slave, second slave, and then finally sent his son, who they killed, and no one was paying attention to him. I think that's, we, we, we think that's a past tense thing. I think it's alive in 2021. I don't think the people in, in, in the Old and New Testament are that different from us today. I think we've been blessed with the... the, the we know the end of the story, but I think we we make the same mistakes as the people the people of Israel all the time. No question on that one. I mean, it's a, a covenantal relationship. So, how many times did God redo the covenant with the people of Israel? You know, just going through that. I mean, it just was one after another, after another, after rejection. How many, um, how many so times did he have to do it with Greg? <laughs> so that covenant is like, how much? So one of the things, uh, a question that I asked in one of the readings from, um, what was from the uh, Saul, when he was uh, struck down and, and it was, uh, you know, why are you persecuting the church? Why are you persecuting me? And that's actually a great question to ask yourself right now. I mean, we have the solidarity with the, with the church, etc. But our own actions, how are we persecuting the church? How are we persecuting God because of our own actions? And how is that breaking that covenant that God is trying to have with us? To give us that revelation of the understanding of, of of him and his message, and to have that relationship. Yeah, I think that uh, that's a great point because I was, as we were talking here, I just wrote down. They said, you know, God's revelation is not past tense; it's not something that happened in the garden with Job. You know, God's revelation still needs to continue with Greg here today. You know, because mm-hmm. my life isn't always open to God's revelation. I've read the Old Testament. I read the New Testament, blah, blah, blah. But am I living it? You know, do I look for, as Ignatius say, do I see God in all things? Things, yep. Or do I see Greg in all things? The, the, the aspect of it, you know, 
God's revelation isn't something one and done. It's something here today, and how beautifully we see it with the invitation of RCIA candidates or the invitation, you know, a lot of uh, first thing we talk to our RCIA people is we say, you didn't make the decision to come here today. You have responded to the invitation of God. And yeah. I think I think all of us are continually having to respond to that invitation of God. Not that God's changed, is that we forget. I, I think oh, what yeah. makes, what, what, I, I just remember this example. He was saying that the, the problem we may have is God is so much with us, it's just like looking at the sun. When you look at the sun directly, okay, then everything becomes black and dark. Why? Because he, he's here, he's, he's so much around us. And we're surrounded with so much light, we're, we're, we're blinded. And to me, that's one of the explanations why I don't begin to understand God's revelation. Because I'm blinded by it. And I don't look for ways to understand him better or give him time to show himself or to, for him to explain himself. Because we've lost the awe. No, that's true. You know, we, we, we don't. My, my favorite memory of Christmas is my daughter Emily looking into a Christmas tree. And you could just see the light sparkling and the wonderment and how great it was. And for me, that's just a wonderful example of, of seeing God as a child. You know, with, with the, the, the pedagogy, which is, you know, leading like a child. You know, mm-hmm. we, when we read the catechism, we try to read it intellectually instead of embracing it as a child. And our faith is, you know, Jesus even said, embrace it like a child. You know, and, and children in Jesus' time was, they were nothing. They had no rights, no anything else. They were expendable, unfortunately. They are today even in the womb. But the, the, uh, the, the, we've lost some of our awe of God, right? We intellectualize God when we should mm. just be sitting there and, yep. and awing. Like you said, that, that sunlight. We should appreciate the light of God and not worry about photons, wavelengths, and... and uh, the, the, the chemistry of the sun and everything else. Just appreciate the awe of God. And I think when we do that, we can ease, much more easily see the awesomeness, the revelation, the God. But we don't take that. That takes time. I agree yeah. so much with that, uh, Greg. And I had, I wrote down in my notes here earlier, the first part, the word mystery. We don't seem to appreciate mystery anymore. We want things as black and white. We want things to be scientific. We want things to be provable. That's because they're all solved on the Hallmark Channel on Sunday nights. <laughs> <laughs> so there's actually one of the other things, too, that um, this divine revelation is also for you to see the revelation in other people. Like one of the, my lines that I like to use uh, whenever I can is that you realize after... You receive communion, you are now a living tabernacle. And so is it your neighbor. Do you treat that person as a living tabernacle? And that's part of the revelation that God is in each of us and trying to find that God. Look for that God in that other person. Well, how much time and is that? How many times in spiritual direction do we spend just reminding people how much God loves each loves and every one of us? So, I mean, yes, we, we generally have to look at the neighbor and, and, and with love by all means, but, but until we see the love in ourselves, God loving me personally, God loving me as Imago Dei, 
unlimited love, you know, the love oh. in our baptism. I mean, until we embrace that, I think we're at a, we're not at a good starting point. But that also assumes that we are a loving person. No. That in our own life, we know how to love other people. And once we have that, that becomes the basis for loving God. No, it's the other way around. God loves us unconditionally from start. Oh, that's, yes, <laughs> yes. But what I'm saying is for the person to be receptive of that love, okay, I must be a loving person to the neighbors around me. Dave, that's how you, you're right. That's how you're expressing the love that you have received. But we have to embrace it as part of the revelation. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. that, yes. I think we're all saying the same thing with just different words. Well, fortunately, we've come up on our another break here on the Deacon's Roundtable here on 88.5 on your FM dial and WSFI Catholic Radio on the Internet. We are talking about God's revelation, God's love of us, and the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and we'll be back shortly. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. We are back in the Deacon's Roundtable on WSFI, FM 88.5 in your FM dial, WSFI Catholic Radio on the Internet. And I'm just writing a note down here that I need to call and share my dreams with Matt tomorrow and, and see, see how, uh, how much he, he, he embraces that. So, so, Mike, I'll give you his text number later, and uh, I want you to call and share your dreams with Matt as well. And, and Dave, I want you to call and share your dreams with Matt and also share that the mystery of God and how wonderful it is and the stages of revelation that, that God has, has revealed himself to us. And as we get into the part where we're talking about the stages of revelation, we're talking about the Catechism of the Catholic Church, 54 through 64. The, um, you know what the problems I have with the stages of, of revelation, Dave? The Go ahead. I'm sitting down, <laughs> so this ought to be good. The, 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 the problem I have is we're doing past tense again because, yes, yes, we have Adam and Eve and the covenant with Noah and the covenant with Adam and the covenant with David and then the, the, the one and done and the final solution and salvation of it all with the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we say, good, I got my token. I'm done. I got to get out of you know I, I Jesus already took care of it for me so there's nothing left for me to have to worry about and and I think that's kind of the the aspect that we forget and say yes Jesus did one and done for the whole salvation but that doesn't mean my part in it is over and, and I think that's kind of another problem we got going in today is that that um, the the past tense of it all and it's not it's not past tense it's today. You know, and, and, and what I do today still matters 
And it's not just because I can do, I can be whatever jerk I want to be because Jesus paid the price. Yes, Jesus paid the price, but that doesn't mean that I get to go out and just worry about my Facebook pages and what's on on uh, uh, FaceTime and all that that good stuff. So there's a whole bunch of ways to sort of resort that. But one of the things that uh, an example of sort of where I think that you're trying to say is that there's so much that we are not aware and truly living that message. So how many times do uh, do people watch a movie because they wanted to make sure they totally understood this and they didn't miss things? How many times do you reread a book that you love and pick up things like, oh, either I forgot about that or I never caught that you know, first, second, third time that I read this? And I think that's part of the process going through that, um, okay, I was able to understand that message and I really worked on it and now I've, I've done. But the more that I go back and reread that, that, oh, there's one part I didn't catch right now. And so you work on that other part and say, there's even something else I discovered that I missed. And so it's this ongoing process. It's, you're, you're right, it's never a one and done. It's an ongoing process. It's it's like getting a degree is your license to learn. I never was told that uh, by someone who just got their pilot's license. That the squadron leader told them, you know, you think that's a pilot's license? It isn't. It's a license to learn. So the same thing with with scripture. It's it's a lessons to be learned, and the more that you learn, the more you realize that you have to learn more. And the other, the other dimension I see is, yes, I, as an individual, have to learn more. But also the people around me, my, my society, my family, my community, my parish, we together need to become united in learning more about our Lord. And, and, and really that confidence is not just between one person and God, but it's between the whole family. And it implies, as far as I'm concerned, a lot of obligations for the individuals, okay? For me to look out for my family and my friends and make them part of this, make them part of this covenant. But, but is that part of the problem that we have today, Mike? Because we're so worried about what other people are doing when we haven't mastered ourselves yet. I mean, God made his pledge. God made his, his, his covenant with us. He's, he kept his pledge. When am I going to make my pledge? When am I going to live up to the pledge that God has made? Sure, I've, I've been baptized, confirmed, and do the sacraments and go to church, God, and everything I should do. But am I committed? Am I all in? God went all in. Jesus went all in when up on that cross. You know, and, and am I all in? And, and, and until I do say I'm all in and live that way, that's a lot different than making a New Year's resolution by January 30th. You're not you're you're not doing it anymore, right? God wants us hook, line, and sinker to make that pledge, and I think today we got to commit to live that pledge. And tomorrow I got to commit to live that pledge. 
and maybe I need to put that pledge in my Outlook calendar so I see it every day and then change it up so I don't start ignoring that message of everything. But, you know, God made his pledge. God God came back. You know, we, we, we keep screwed it up. God keeps coming back. We screwed up. God keeps coming back. We screwed up. God keeps coming back. There's the Old Testament for you in four sentences. The, <laughs> the, the, but it's still true today. I screw up. God keeps coming back. Where's my pledge? Where's my commitment? Good, There's good, always good point. The, the good point. The only you thing you always have commitments. How you and each person's their commitment is going to be slightly different. So I mean, um, you can sort of boil it down to one, a question: What is a good Catholic? What is what type of a card that says that you have with you that says, "Oh, I'm I'm a good Catholic." Mastercard. <laughs> yeah. it, it, well, so when you think about it, you know, um, like prayer is to help you get your relationship closer to God. But that 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 card is is, that is, is is I don't I'm not hurting anybody. That's my card these days, and that's not good enough. That's not good enough. That's not being oh. all in. Yeah, all all in, and I like that. I like that word all in. Is the the confidence I'm thinking of is the entire society that I can impact, that I can affect. To me, that's the covenant I'm talking about. That's the covenant that, want, that God wants. Not just me individually, but the, my family. Okay? But Dave had said, what's that, what's that card? And I'd have to say, what is, all, what is being all in? And I'd have to say, that's me wanting to know God as much as he wants to reveal himself to me. That you're able to handle. Well, I'm not a biologist, Dave. I'm a chemist. I can handle a lot, but that's, you know, going and, back. <laughs> and, and God... But and, I'm thinking, I want to th- I'm serious about this. And God... Is, you think about it. Go ahead, Dave. Okay, so... There's some theologians who say that, okay, they have gone eons beyond whatever I'm going to, to be at. And they can give you... Uh, history and understanding of what is going on through scripture studies there's someone else who just works at being at one with God as they see them for both of them there are two different levels as far as you know formal understanding of what God is but Dave wouldn't you say but that their the... relationship could be completely inverted but wouldn't you say god wants your your heart not your intellect i mean oh, cer- certainly i mean oh, certainly no, the theology yes, is great no. but but god doesn't want the academic learning god wants our hearts god but, wants us i mean love is in the heart not in in the academics very much <laughs> sorry so, but professor I mean, but, people, <laughs> but people are sort of looking at it and are saying that okay well this person is a priest you know like the old story of the you know 23rd psalm that's an actor did it um, and said, okay, they would recite that, but a priest had to follow it because a priest requested that. And when they, everyone applauded when the actor did it, but when the priest did it, there were tears. And the actor said, well, what took place is I knew the words, he knows the shepherd. And I think that's part of the key there of like, you're right, your heart is in us. It's not like, um, you know, the baptism in the Middle Ages where, oh, I'll just wait till my deathbed, all my sins are forgiven, and I'm golden, I can walk right into heaven. You know, that's sort of the legalistic viewpoint of it, you know, versus saying, 
Um, I tried, I failed, I failed, I failed, I'm trying, I'm trying. And that's where your heart is in it. You know, I, I think the priests and, and the religious are a wonderful example of being all in, but even they'll tell you that there are days I got to renew my pledge. That that you yep. know, you know, I I live a life that's committed and and model and wonderful and praise God for all our priests and, and, and religious, but even they'll tell you we struggle from day to day to the pledge. You know, we're not we're not Saint Francis every day of the week. And, and maybe that's one of our challenges is that we've always looked at them that way. But they're, they're human beings, and they, too, have to continually renew that pledge to respond to God's invitation. I mean, so, yes, they've responded with their lives, but, but you know, is their heart in it every day? I hope so. But, you know, I, I can't make that judgment. I just know that Greg's heart's not in it every day, and Greg needs to get better about that. And that's why we have our sacramentals and our rosaries and our breveries and everything else to remind us to stay in that game, to get back into it every day. That's the beauty of a prayer is that that's to remind us. I mean, the whole idea of the rosary is that we go through the life, death, and resurrection of, of, of Jesus Christ through each of the decades and, and remind us during the week that we do that. And that's why the breviary is so important and all of our prayer is so important is to remind us, hey, there's something more important than our 8 o'clock meeting that we have to attend. Now, our 8 o'clock meeting is going to help us pay for college, mortgages, and everything else. But, as Ignatius says, at some point, six feet of dirt's going on everybody, so there's nothing more important than, than we got to, we have to have our priorities in line and not forget that pledge no matter what we're doing today on our outlook calendar. I'd like to go beyond that, okay? That that meeting is important, okay? Sure, you'll do the, you do your time with God individually, but during that meeting, okay, I think we encounter again uh, Jesus the Lord. It depends on how we handle people in that meeting. It depends on how we are in that meeting. Because we think we can segmate our faith and our meeting, and we can't. It's God in everything, including the meetings. Right? Including the meetings, and and... So we pray in the morning, the first hour, okay? That's a lot of deacons do. Then after the first hour, the rest of the day is, again, dealing with God through different persons, through different situations. And these are really stages of love. Some people you hate to see, and you're asking yourself, how do I get to love this person when he gives me a tough time every day? You know, perhaps if I saw God in everyone, I wouldn't need that rote prayer as much, but by, by all means. So, but I think that you know, and that's the realization. You know, we're all we're all broken. We're all trying to do it good, but you know, we spend so many times saying that without drawing, putting the finger back to us, and and realizing, you know, I got to work a little harder. Mm. I I got to work a little bit deeper. Amen. You know. Yeah. It's not so much, you know, who cares about what's going on in CNN and Fox News and everything else, no matter mm -hmm. which way you're looking at it. I can make the world a better place mm -hmm. by living the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. Am I doing it? Oh. So, yeah, even though he, supposedly he did not say it, I was corrected of a St. Francis quote. I'm going to still give it to him. Um, you know, preach the gospel always. Use words if necessary. Or the paraphrase, what what gospel is my actions preaching today? Yeah, you know, taking that time in discernment, and that time in, in reflection, 
to understand it is do am I exhibiting my part of the bargain, my my half of the pledge with God? Of course, Jesus already took our half with it by all means, and 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 won the battle for us. But what am I doing about it? You know, I, I this is not a faith incurs action, not passivity, passivity, right? So what am I doing about it? And there are times. One of the things we mentioned before about bishops um, and priests having their sort of dry spells and having to, uh, you know, fight through it and renew things. I mean, look at the journal of uh, St. Therese, just what, you know, she was saying that, you know, she was in a very dry spell for a while, struggling to that relationship. So, you know, it's just, it's the same with all of us in our humanness, that we have to be there. And that's okay. I mean, uh, we had a God who who lived lived on this world, you know, and that's that's the beautiful aspect of our faith. And I think that's a good point for all of us to 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 stop on. We're we're working through the Catechism with the Year of the Catechism, brought to us by Our Lady of or Our Sunday Visitor, who has given us uh, wonderful permission to talk about this book on the air. And uh, Mike, as we go today, um, could you leave us with a prayer and a prayer focused on 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 opening ourselves to the revelation of God. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, Lord our Father, uh, give us wisdom, anoint our minds, uh, give us a time to pray, to be with you, to be just be with you, to listen to you, and to see you in, in everything we do and we say. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Again, this is the Deacon's Roundtable on WSFI. We are so honored to spend some time with you here at our, our wonderful radio station here at 88.5 on the FM dial and WSFICatholicRadio.org. And, and don't forget, uh, operating a radio station is not uh, the easiest and the cheapest thing to do. So if you have an extra $5 laying around the house sometime, send it to Angela, and she'll put it to great use, evangelizing the faith, life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Talk to you in four weeks. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Never